What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome again. Welcome back to the BRBT podcast. I am your host, Bully Rye, alongside, as always, Big Tex. Big Tex, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good. It's been a long, long time. Too long. It has been a long time. It really has. It really has. So we'd like to first take this opportunity to apologize to our listeners uh, for not having recorded. Um, As as we all have probably... uh, experienced life happens to all of us life happens (laughs) uh so we have been on a couple month hiatus forgive us uh welcome back to the show if you want to give us a follow on twitter it is at brbt podcast uh you can always reach us at our email address brbt podcast at gmail.com uh write the show follow us on twitter let us know what you want to hear about um We've we've got a really a, a, a lot a lot to go into today. Big text. Uh, yeah, is over. The Super Bowl is upon us. But before we go ahead and preview the Super Bowl, uh, let's talk about our fantasy teams and how they've done uh, this year. Big text. How many teams did you have? How many teams did you have make the playoffs? And how many championships did you win? Oh man. Okay, so. I'm not going to go too deep. Um, I was in five leagues where that actually mattered. Um, and in the five leagues, all of my teams made it to the playoffs. Um, and I actually had some re-emerg- uh, you know, re-emerging teams that, like, really took off at, towards the end, you know, end of the season. Um, so uh, from the rundown, um, I had one championship in a tag team league that I shared with my buddy, Sean, uh, and we crushed it with our NWO uh, tag team. Um, we got the championship there. Um, I got two second places, one in the Foot Clan League, uh, which is the Fantasy Footballers, which is actually a really fun. Uh, it was an auction league, which was really, really cool to try. If you haven't tried one of those, you should check it out. Um, in the Yahoo League I was in, I got second place. Uh, in the other two leagues that, I, that I'm in, I had a third place finish, and also I got bumped out in the Wild Card League in one league by a uh, Ryan Frick. So um, <laughs> it was it was a good time, um, and this was a very strong year for me. Uh, but well, how about you? Yeah. Uh, so um, I actually uh, – I was in five leagues as well, um, n- not all of them with you. Um, the tag team league that you won, uh, my partner, uh, Will, uh, of one, two, three pins and collectibles, uh, cheap plug. Uh, he was not happy and we have, we have actually talked. Um, and I told him that I don't care what happens. He is going to be part of our draft next year because I'm sick of looking so bad in that league. So I missed the playoffs in that league. Uh, the league in which I knocked you out in the wild card, uh, was really exciting for me because I was fighting for a wild card spot up until the last week of the regular season. Yeah. And I went all the way from the wild card to the championship game and dang it, if that wide receiver from Denver that nobody's ever heard of uh, cost me the championship game. Um, so I, I finished second in that league, our WWE league that uh, some of our listeners might be a part of. 
obviously um, did not have a good year in there as well. I may need to, to change gimmicks in that league. Um, the, the league that I did uh, that I ran for a buddy of mine, uh, I was in the playoffs up until like three weeks before the end of the season lost uh lost out and missed the playoffs and in my my big league uh papa fricks fantasy football league um i actually entered in the playoffs as the one seed i played against uh who we had predicted had the uh or at least who i had predicted had the strongest draft of uh my league in the first round knocked him out and then i played uh my best friend who uh is still got heat with you because you ranked him as the worst draft in the league I played him in the championship game and I defeated him. So I get my double TD title back in my house this coming year. So out of five <laughs> leagues, I've been in the playoffs, won a championship, second place in the other. So not, not too bad of a season. Well, you know, um, if he just would have believed in what I said about his team, he wouldn't have been in second place. Yeah, you know. Cheap <laughs> <laughs> plug, cheap plug. I, I, hope, I hope he's listening because he'll, yeah. uh, he'll, he'll, he'll crack out of that too. Um, the rest, of the, the rest of the show we got you today, we're going to go through our best of the NFL in uh, fantasy over this past season. Uh, look forward to fantasy football next year. Um, we're going to re- uh, recap our fast count and podcast pick them that's kind of fizzled out because our, our show took a small hiatus. And then we are going to predict the Super Bowl. Uh, let's start off with um, let's start off with positional players. Uh, big Tex, um, we're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Uh, who do you rank as your best fantasy quarterback of 2018? There's absolutely no question. No other man's name could be said in this statement other than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he what, was yeah. absolutely lights out the entire season. And even in games where he wasn't throwing three, four, five touchdowns, he was throwing two. He was very consistent. He didn't turn the ball over until like, God, it was it was late in the season. You know, he was just he was just doing so many magical things, making throws with his left hand, you know, making throws with his right hand, you know, um, and just being able to take the pressure of the really good defenses like Von Miller breathing down his neck, you know, Aaron Donald and the guys from the Rams and stuff when they played. Like he, man, Patrick Mahomes played really, really well, and he has a very bright future. I really hate that Kareem Hunt is going to get able to spend it with them, but uh, that's for another you know, day. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that. We could have a whole half a show about Kareem Hunt's situation. Oh, we yeah. talked about and again, life happens. Um, yeah. I am completely on board with you. Patrick Mahomes is my uh, fantasy quarterback of the year. He finished the season with over 5,000 passing yards, 5,097 to be exact, uh, with 50 passing touchdowns. I believe it was 12 interceptions, uh, two rushing touchdowns. He scored at least one touchdown, whether it be rushing or passing, in every single game that he played in this year, a combined total of roughly 519 fantasy points. Now, I don't have – the stats that go to uh, his interceptions, when he threw them, um, I don't. Uh, you oh, that's know, all good, man. Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, for being his first year as a full-time starter. I mean, this kid. I think we saw the next big thing at quarterback in the league, born yes. in Kansas City. Um, and I'll tell you who's not far behind him is uh, Baker Mayfield. If that man gets a good quarterback. Like a good coach 
with the Browns, especially as how powered as that team is, Baker Mayfield might be right behind him. Because if you remember, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes had a fantastic game when it was Texas Tech versus Oklahoma. And they threw, I think they both threw for just magnanimous, magnanimous yards. It was ridiculous. So I would keep an eye out for him too. The Browns uh, had a had a, a very refreshing season this year. Um, oh yeah, it was, it's you know the coaching staff the over you know is, is the turnover there. Uh, we'll be curious to see how they pan out in the in the NS or I'm sorry the AFC North. Uh, quick note before we move on to running back of the year, um, I actually called a preseason for this to be the year that the Bengals fired Marvin Lewis. <laughs> and I just wanted to throw that out there that and yeah. I was indeed right. They started off looking strong, yes. and um, Andy Dalton got hurt, and it was just kind of downhill from there. Man, it was like they dropped a hand grenade in the middle of that team, boy. They really it was did. crazy. Crazy. They were dropping like flies. Big Tex, I'm going to start us off with my best running back of the year, and we – and, and I'm, I'm going to go with my reasoning. I'm going with the best running back of the year because uh, for, for the majority of, the, of this season, this particular running back uh, was the offense uh, for his team. He uh, was was the leading target uh, getter when it comes to receptions. Uh, he was the leading rusher on the team. And again, you know, don't don't hold it against me because we'll probably come back around to who you got. But my running back of the year is Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. He finished the season. 1,434 rushing yards and nine nine uh, total touchdowns on the year. Um, with, add to that 77 catches for 507 receiving yards. Uh, it's a total of 2,001 yards, so he barely broke the 2,000-yard mark uh, to finish with roughly 333 fantasy, fantasy points. Give or take. I just think uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of people you can go with. You can go with Christian McCaffrey, who had a breakout season. Um, there's there's someone else who we'll get to when we go with the with, with my MVP. Um, but there's plenty of running backs to go from. I just happen to go with Zeke Elliott. Big Tex, who do you, who do you have as are your running back of the year in fantasy football? Uh, my running back of the year, uh, I really did think about Ezekiel Elliott. I really did. And, I mean, he had a very good, you know, like you just mentioned in his stat line, like you said, very, very good year. But I had to – I my points are exactly the same as yours. He's a target monster. He's a good runner. Um, the only thing is is his legs are skinny. And sometimes that bites him. But uh, my dude is Melvin Gordon, to be honest Ooh. with you. All right. Um, to be, like, after, like, Melvin Gordon changed into a completely different player over these past two seasons. And all that he did was take one summer and work out with Ad- Adrian Peterson. And he learned how to run hard. When he did that, if you looked at last year and you looked at this year, he carried the same pace that he did last year as he did this year. He was more involved this year because they he showed them that he can handle the workload. But once again, you know, once it got to about 15, 16, 17, his legs are starting to give out on him. I think he needs to bulk up more down on, downstairs, you know what I'm saying? Might slow him down some, but with the hands that that man has, and let's just think about this. If he had a share, like, I'm sorry, my dogs are eating in the background. I hope you can't hear that. But they're eating as loud as they can. <laughs> but uh, if you look at Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott's role in his offense, his role is, is, is built for him to be the workhorse, the workload holder. Melvin Gordon, his role is to more facilitate, I think, 
he's he's like a, he's a utility person. And what's funny is is if you think about if Melvin Gordon was able to hold up and he had the leg strength that Ezekiel Elliott did, Melvin Gordon wouldn't have to you know surrender all of those touches to Austin Eckler, who this year could also be put up as a very good running back because even with Melvin Gordon's production, Austin Eckler was just as effective. So, Austin Eckler, yeah, when he was healthy, Austin yeah, Eckler definitely it, came in. It was a nice change of pace back and gave Melvin Gordon a break. There was a time when Melvin Gordon got hurt this season. Austin Eckler would take over, and he would eventually get hurt as well. But I no, guess, I, I guess I would change. I guess I wouldn't say just Melvin. I would say the Charger running backs would be my running backs of the year. And I think <laughs> the running backs in Los Angeles uh, and for the Chargers, um, I think they and, and I'm surprised we didn't. Neither one of us mentioned uh, Todd Gurley as far as running back of the year. Um, but no, I just can't, man. I can't. The, like, I, and I hate to cut you off, but this is the reason why I can't. The Rams, they have such an awesome team, and they underachieve so bad. They're almost like the Steelers of the NFC. They have so much talent, so much strength, but they play to their they play to their opponent. If their opponent is sloppy, they play sloppy. And that just frustrates me. So I, and I'll get into that with them when we get to the Super Bowl. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, uh, what my the point I was going to make uh, to your point with the Chargers is that their running game helps uh, open up the play action pass for Phillip Rivers. Right. Their running game opens up the passing game completely for Phillip Rivers. So as long as they can, they keep somewhat of an offensive line together and keep that running back core that they've got, I think uh, we're going to we're going to be in for a. a uh, again, a few more good, solid years. For yes. These, uh, the and their third stringer is pretty good, too. Their third stringer, Jackson, is pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah he uh, he cost me a fantasy playoff game. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next up, uh, you, again, we both had Patrick Mahomes running back for the year. I had Zeke Elliott. You had Melvin Gordon slash uh, Chargers running backs. Yes. I'm going to let you start with your wide receiver of the year, Big Tex. Who do you man. have as the best wide receiver in the NFL? God, man. Um, wide receiver of the year was really hard for me. It really like, was. It, 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 it just – I, I want to say the big names. You know, I want to say the – I want to say the Julio Joneses. I want to say the DeAndre Hopkins. But, like, I, there just was not any receiver that really stood out to me that was in a – a very dominant role, like, and I'm I'm sorry, I I was more in, I was more impressed with Eric Ebron as a wide receiver than I was most of the wide receivers that were playing, and and I mean that's that's I was I'm gonna say Eric Ebron, I, like <laughs> like because it, it it seemed like that those awesome wide receivers that you have like Julio Jones had a fantastic year, and shout out to him for getting back on the scoreboard and stuff like that. I love that, but even those top wide receivers were hampered by the inconsistent play by their quarterbacks. And it was just always a letdown when your running backs are scoring 40 points a game. It, it's, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? That means that they're the ball's not moving through the air too well. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah. He, he, for what's most frustrating to me about Eric Eber as a Lions fan is that they drafted him with a 10th overall pick the year he came yeah. out of North Carolina. For him to put up the kind of production that he put up in Indianapolis. And a side note, also uh, in one of our uh, card bets, 
Uh, I said that Jack Doyle would have a better season than Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. I will give that up to you because you said the opposite, obviously. So, um, yeah, no, I, I outside of the fact that he's technically considered a tight end, I can't really, you know, uh, argue with you as far as Eric Ebron and his, uh, you know, his presence on the field for the And it was based on only production. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It was just production. And it's, I had a really hard time with this one, too, because you had so many wide receivers that really broke out. And I wouldn't even say broke out. I would say uh, that showed out this year. Uh, you yeah. mentioned Julio Jones. Um, Tyreek Hill had a miraculous, just absolutely insane season, especially the first half of the year. Tyreek Hill was really unstoppable. Um, yeah. But I, I had to go with who I, I consider Mr. Consistency. And uh, that was uh, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. He finished the season with 328 fantasy points. Uh, he only he, he stat the last game of the season, but he scored in all uh, but four of the games that he played in. And he finished the season with 1,386 receiving yards, 111 receptions, and 13 touchdowns. I just he was he was so consistent. I mean, I went through. Uh, his game by game production. I mean, I don't think he had a game under double digits. I cannot uh, disagree. Uh, so, so that's why I had Devontae Adams um, as my best wide receiver of the year. Um, I will add one more. I will add one more. Um, I will add. I will add Adam Thielen for his streak, and that's it. Oh yeah, because once the streak a- fell off, he fell off. Yeah, and- I had a hard time not putting Adam Thielen on here yeah. as my. Only because he was so absent the second half of the season. Just gone. Just how do you go from catching 10? How can you go from catching 10, 11 catches a game and 100 yards a game to two catches for like 17 yards oh, or yeah, no targets till the third quarter? Like what? what's going on? The one league that I was I was in the playoff race, I was in the playoffs until like the last three weeks of the season. I changed my team name. Uh, for Adam Thielen, uh, hooked on a Thielen, um, just nosedived, and, and it was in part due to the play of Adam Thielen down the stretch. Um, next, we're going to go, before we go to our offensive MVP, we're going to go to our rookie of the year, and I'll start us off. Um, again, uh, don't hold it against me until uh, until we, we get to the end of our list. I have reasons for everything. Uh, my rookie of the year is James Conner. And I say he's our rookie of the year because nobody expected him to even play uh, behind Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, uh, we've had plenty of conversations about him throughout our throughout our podcast. Um, he, was he was a top five pick in the majority of fantasy drafts. To he never saw the field. Um, James Conner came in and showed Pittsburgh that they did not have to miss Le'Veon Bell. Uh, although he missed three games with an injury, he still finished the year. 282 yep. fantasy points, uh, just shy of a thousand yards, rushing 973, uh, with 497 receiving yards for a total yardage of 1470 yards with 13 total touchdowns on the season. Uh, James Conner, the reason I gave him rookie of the year, uh, is because uh, he just he came out of nowhere. Like I said, nobody expected him to play. Sit behind Le'Veon Bell, he came out and he showed out and he made the most of his opportunities until he got hurt in the season. Tex, who do you have for your uh, rookie of the year in the NFL? I have to, um, I have to salute James Conner on what he did. Um, I was a Le'Veon Bell holder. 
like our owner that everybody knows, and I'm keeping him next season along with Darius Geis. So, oh boy, my backfield is going to be heavy next year. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, when it comes to rookie of the year, <clears throat> the reason why I didn't choose James Conner is because of the workload that he stepped into. We knew what was going to be expected of him, and he, you know, he stood up to it. Um, my rookie of the year running back is actually Philip Lindsay from the Denver Broncos. Um, I, I, I felt like that Denver was very, 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 very committed to keeping Royce Freeman in the game. They were trying to keep him in the game, but the minute that Philip Lindsay showed what he could do, I think that they should have given him a bigger role. Um, and I think that they were trying to figure out if he could hold up to that size of a role. I think that Philip Lindsay was amazing. It was like we saw that 2,000-yard rushing season from uh, Doug Martin again, where it was just like this dynamic, very fast, very strong runner. He's not a big dude, but he is running through people in tackles. He is juking the, some of the best DBs in the league. Phillip Lindsay had a fantastic season for the Broncos. Um, and it looks like that they might they might be in the running for maybe picking up A.B. I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not. But um, I, I think he's going to be something to watch, man. So, yeah, I'm with Phillip Lindsay on Rookie of the Year. <clears throat> you know, Phillip Lindsay, the most surprising thing to me was that he was an undrafted rookie. Yeah. Like, just the fact that he came out of nowhere the way he did. I like your pick. I like your pick. I thought I was going to go with our, our onto the MVP next, but I, I can't I can't pass up uh, our bust segment for our, for 2018. Why don't you start us off? Because I got a feeling I know who your bust is going to be. But why don't you tell Why don't you tell our audience who your bust of 2018 fantasy is? <laughs> you think I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell, and that's not what I'm going to say. My biggest bust of the NFL this season was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their mm-hmm. entire freaking team, everyone, every single one of them, even the best ones, even the worst ones. And my dog behind me is choking right now because he's eating food too daggone fast. I'm sorry if y'all can hear that. That's nah, okay. Oh, my goodness. Um. Okay. Uh. Well, anyway, it, the Jacksonville Jaguars were – it was like – it was like you just got a brand new Corvette and you're looking at it and it's beautiful. Like it's candy apple red. And you got like, you know, the white out tires and it's just beautiful. And then when you open the hood, there's no engine in it. Or That's like exactly. A- yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was just like, there's no, no engine in the car. Like yeah. they, they just, you picked they, the Jaguars to win the AFC this year. So I did. And I yeah. did. And, and the only thing I could do was sit in dismay. It, like their whole season was in dismay, and and and, and I just couldn't. So it, it took my mind off Le'Veon Bell. I, I had checked out on Le'Veon Bell when I knew that he wasn't going to play. I went ahead and I just ate that. I swallowed my pride and I said, "I'm keeping him for next year anyway. It's going to be okay." That that would be one of the biggest busts. But as we spoke, we knew that there was a chance he wasn't going to play for the year, and the way that I drafted. If you remember, I drafted to make sure that I would have enough running backs so that I didn't have to worry about Le'Veon Bell. But then I lost Darius Geis in the preseason to an ACL. So then I was just like, my feet got swept out from underneath me. And I was working with, oh, my goodness, I had Alex Smith. It's funny that you you mentioned, uh, you know, injuries and stuff like that. And and getting, getting back to the Jaguars you were talking about, 
Um, you know, Leonard Fournette was was a high draft pick in fantasy last year. He, he, he seemingly missed half of the season. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, feel, I feel like the running back position in Jacksonville was a revolving door for the most part of the season. It was. Uh, it was. You know, they, at one point, they signed Jamal Charles. They traded for Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Had a decent year in Cleveland before – uh, you know, they decided to roll with Nick Chubb. Yeah, um, but Nick Chubb was on fire, man. Yeah, he he had some big games. So yeah, no, I can I can see where your your biggest bust in the NFL is. The but but game. let's but 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 to touch on that injury subject again, you're completely correct. Like, how many hamstring injuries this season were mismanaged? Like oh, it, it just was. It was an absolute shame. It was like every single team had at least one receiver. And one running back that was out from a hamstring injury. Yep. It was just nuts. It was nuts. Wow. What? Um, yeah, I mean, it's and, and everybody tried to rush back too quick because Leonard Fournette's a perfect example. Yes, of get him back on the field. And, and you warned job. me too. And you warned me. You warned me. You warned me. And I was like, Nah, he's going to be fine. And this is in a different league. But you warned me, and you were like, Dude, he's not going to make it through the season. He's not going to. And I was like, Nah, he's okay. And then that foot crept up again, and then he got that hamstring injury, and then he was out for three weeks, and then he came back for a game and played two plays, and then he was out for three. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, well, yeah, I, I went in a little bit different in direction, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. My bust for 2018 is Rob Gronkowski. Uh, the tight end position was uh, atrocious, yes. to say the very least, in fantasy football. Um, you have some, some breakout stars. I should know his name because he was on my fantasy championship team. Uh, the tight end from the San Francisco 49ers who, uh, you know, the Kittles. Yeah. George Kittle. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you've got a guy like George Kittle who had a, you know, a, a ridiculous season. Um, obviously you're going to have Travis Kelsey and, uh, Zach Ertz are going to be in that conversation, but Rob but Kelsey, Ertz was even kind of quiet this year too. Ertz had his quiet games, um, yeah. but he was consistently one of the top tight ends in the league, and that's not really saying much uh, considering that at one point in the season, Jared Cook was the number one fantasy tight end. Uh, then you had Ebron with two and three touchdowns a game. Um, getting back to Gronk, uh, Gronk has always been one of the top three, if not the highest. Uh, in the last few years, he's missed a lot of games due to injury. This year was no different. He missed four games this year. Um, he, uh, his stat line for this year, I mean, if, if you, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Uh, 47 catches for 682 yards. How many touchdowns do you think Ron scored in the regular season? Um, I will say five. Three. Gronk wow. had three touchdowns in the regular season. Uh, in fantasy games, he only scored uh, double-digit points. Five different games in fantasy football, and he only scored 20 or more twice. That is not something you expect to see from Rob Gronkowski, who will probably go down as a top five to top ten tight end to ever play the game. Uh, he'll be playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday, and I, yeah, I have a feeling that's probably going to be his. That's going to be yeah. his last. That's going to be his last game of his career. Like so, if he doesn't go to a team and just kind of fade off into existence, kind of like Jeremy Shockey did towards the end of his year, end of his season. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Hawk shot down a trade where he was going to go to the Lions this year. He said, I'll retire 
you trying to trade me. And so, of course. Kind of- why would you leave Tom Brady? He knows it. Like you, even as old as Tom Brady is, you know that you're going to be in the. It's like having LeBron James on your team. You know that you're going to be involved in the big game. Why would yeah, they, you walk away from that? Yeah. So, um, so now we've gone through our quarterbacks, running back, wide receiver, rookie of the year, and now our bust of the season. Uh, I think it's time for us to hit our uh, offensive MVP. Um, Big Tex, do you want to start this one off again for me, or would you like me to start off with my offensive MVP? I mean, I, I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean, it's 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 Patrick Mahomes, man. That okay. like I have no other argument. There's no other person on an offense in the league that produced the way that that boy did. Not one. That's, so that's just I, I, I can go with you there. As we both have him as our quarterback of the year, I went a different direction. And anybody listening to this podcast heard me uh, put out Zeke as my running back of the year. Mm-hmm. Had listened to me. James Conner as my uh, rookie of the year. And there are so many people that I know are wondering, where is Saquon Barkley in this conversation? I put Saquon Barkley as my offensive MVP because the New York football giants were a disaster on the yes. field, offense and defense. The only bright side uh, that the giants had was Saquon Barkley. Uh, he only had one game all season where he scored under 10 fantasy points. He finished the year with a roughly 400 fantasy points, 1,300 yards rushing uh, with 11 touchdowns, 721 yards receiving on 91 catches. 91 catches as a running back. I want to say Christian McCaffrey might have been the only running back in the league to have more than Saquon Barkley this year. I don't have those numbers in front of me. But Saquon Barkley had 2,028 total yards with 15 total touchdowns as a rookie on a team that could not find water if they fell out of a boat when it came to, uh, to, to putting a, a team on the field this year. Um, I just, with, with Saquon Barkley, it was the talk of the year. Uh, he, was, he was one of those guys that people drafted early. Uh, for just out of, of what they saw from him in college, uh, the potential they saw in him. And I tell you what, anybody that drafted him early, uh, they, they benefit, reap the benefits. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Offensive MVP in fantasy football. Um, The only thing that I would say, uh, just to touch on Saquon Barkley, I don't want anyone to think that I don't think that Saquon Barkley had a fantastic rookie season. I will say this, though. He had, to me, one of the most impressive, unimpressive seasons. Because with all of the stats that he had, and all of the things that he did for that team, where were they? Nobody was interested in watching Giants games. Nobody was excited about it. It, it just was it, – it, to me, it felt like it was a quiet, you know, fantastic season. It reminds me of Barry Sanders. Played yeah. as one of the best running backs in the league, if not yeah. the best running back in the league that played for a team that was just atrocious everywhere else. I'll put um, you on that. I can agree 100%. Uh, we're almost uh, done talking uh, fantasy football. I want to look forward to next year. Um, we're going to go through uh, two breakout players that we have. Uh, you know, we, We've got uh, predicted for next year, and then I'm going to come, uh, come at you with two incoming rookies to watch out for out this year. Um, 
big text. I can start us off because I Go know ahead, brother. this is the uh, – we both got this player as a breakout player for next year. Uh, you mentioned his name already, and that's Darius Geis. Uh, yes. His last year at LSU, he ran for 1,251 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, Darius Geis, uh, you already mentioned his season was cut short in the preseason due to an ACL tear. Yes. I drafted uh, – and at least one of my leagues, I drafted Darius Geis very late. Uh, because of our keeper rules, I get to use him as my last round keeper for next year. Um, so, Darius Geis, I expect to have at least a thousand yards rushing next season. Um, maybe, maybe double digit touchdowns. Uh, Big Tex, tell me, tell me your thoughts on Darius Geis, and give me your your next uh, breakout player for next year. All right, uh, I was also one of those people that chose Darius Geis very late, um, and I chose him after he had had his injury uh, to make sure I had him next season because of how early he got hurt. Um, I know that he'll be able to start next season um, healthy. You know, it's more than enough time for him to recover. Um, I honestly feel like that he's going to have, like you said, about a thousand yards. Um, but here, here's my problem. Um, with Alex Smith's injury being as bad as it was, he may not return. So the Redskins will be looking for a new quarterback. I think either way, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback because after seeing your leg broken like that, it's very hard for you to return back from something like that. Um, but if they have a quarterback that can produce through the air, I think Darius Geis will be a two-way running back. He will be able to run the ball. He will be able to catch the ball. He has the speed to break away. He has the power to run through people, and he showed that already. And um, he's not injury prone, so he's not a Leonard Fournette. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that as as long as he – Rehab's the correct way. If he has a wide receiver, a good quarterback, nine times out of ten, this man is going to have about thirteen hundred yards rushing. He's probably going to have about six, seven hundred yards of receiving. Probably about fifty catches. Um, but I think that he will probably have more receiving touchdowns than he will have rushing touchdowns. Oh, wow. Just because okay. it's the just because it's the Redskins. Well, that's that's why. Real quick, touch on quarterbacks. There are some good quarterbacks coming out of college. Uh, that are that are going to get spots on NFL rosters. Kyler Murray, the reigning, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, has declared mm-hmm. the draft. We don't know if he's going to play baseball or not. Uh, there are plenty of quarterbacks. Um, I think that they it. might go for Nick Foles, to be honest with you. I think Nick Foles would probably be the best fit for the Redskins. And I don't know why, but like just I just see that number nine, and I see I see it working. I did like because it, it looks if you look at the D, if you look at the offense of the Redskins, it kind of mirrors the the Eagles offense. They got a slew of running backs. None of them can carry a full load by themselves, except for Darius guys, you know, and then when you look at the receivers, they have plenty of talent. They've got Jordan Reed. They've got Jameson Crowder. They've got Paul Richardson. They've got um, what's the dude? Number 17. Oh, I always forget his name. Um, That's all right. Dotson. Dotson. Josh Dotson. Josh Dotson. Yeah. So they, they've got they've got tons of potential. They just don't have a good quarterback right now. I think Gary Darius guy's coming back. It'll be big. That's just me. All right. So oh, my second person that'll break out next year. Um, I was torn between two people and I decided to go to the receivers because I felt like the receivers need a resurgence next season. So I picked two. And I hope that everybody's good with this, but I chose Juju Smith-Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers and Dante Pettis from the San Francisco 49ers. I think that I think that the resurgence of the receiver is going to be through those two people. 
honestly and truly. Um, with AB leaving and the turmoil that's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which the Pittsburgh Steelers were my second bust of the year, to be quite honest with you, the whole team. Because <laughs> uh, I just I just felt like they let us down also. But Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to have any, any, any people trying to take touches away from him. He has basically nobody. I mean, James Conner will get touches, but who's going to soak up all that Antonio Brown money? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think, to your point, I think the Juju Smith-Schuster, and the reason I didn't choose him uh, was just because he still had a – I think he had a breakout year this year. Um, but, yeah, with Antonio Brown more than likely being out in Pittsburgh, he's breaking out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know why you've got Dante Pettis as a breakout player for next year. Because the San Francisco 49ers have one good wide receiver on their offense, and it is Dante Pettis. Yeah, Marquise I mean, Goodwin I, is nothing but wheels. He he's nothing but wheels. Pierre I, Garçon I, can't stay on the field. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see Goodwin play more with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo um, yeah. because he, he looked like yeah. he was having a, a breakout preseason. I know he got hurt at one point throughout the season too. Yeah, um, and I, he had I mean, something else happen too. He had like he had a family issue happen, I think too. Okay. Well, nonetheless, um, I can I can take Dante Pettis. Uh, I went yeah. I receiver route too, um, but I went with uh, the the trade the, the blockbuster trade made by the Dallas Cowboys. I went Amari Cooper. Um, he, he started off kind of slow in Dallas, um, but between weeks nine and fourteen, scored six touchdowns, including that fourteen three touchdown game. Yeah, uh, I think with an, with an off season in that system with an offseason with all of his teammates, I think you're going to see Amari Cooper be what the Raiders drafted him to be. And I think you're going to see Amari Cooper come out and replace uh, Des Bryant in that in that Dallas Cowboy offense. So I've got Amari Cooper as my breakout player number two. The only thing that I would say about what you're saying is, is that we cannot compare Amari Cooper to Des Bryant because Amari Cooper is a much more fluid route runner He's faster and he has better hands. I, the only reason I compared the two was because they both have the number one wide receiver in Dallas. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I get mean, you. I mean, I, I get you. It's just like Des when Bryant, people talk about it. It's well, Des Bryant was drops McGee, and Amari Cooper has had his fair share of drops in the league. Oh yeah, of course, of course, of course. So, uh, real quick before we move on, uh, we've got uh, a recap on our podcast pick and fast count. Um. We, I'm, I'm going to go with a couple of guys for our audiences or our audience to watch out for next year coming out of the uh, NFL draft. Um, yeah. A couple of rookies to watch out for next year. Everybody was excited about uh, Saquon Barkley preseason in the draft this year, Baker Mayfield, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, two guys that I've got to, need to, to look out for next year, number one being uh, A.J. Brown, a wide receiver from Ole Miss, six foot one. Uh, in, in, in college, 189 receptions for almost 3,000 yards, 29-84, and 19 touchdowns. Uh, last year was his most productive year. I want to say he had something somewhere around 85 catches. Um, and that Miss offense was explosive. Plenty of times um, A.J. Brown could have put up bigger numbers, but they were able to spread that ball around at, at Mississippi last year. Um, I think you're going to see A.J. Brown be uh, one of, if not the top – Wide receiver taken in the draft. Um, hmm. Not sure where you're going to see him get drafted, but I think he's going. I think 
if there was a rookie wide receiver that you're going to keep your eye on, it's going to be A.J. Brown. Um, the other player that I want you want y'all to look out for, um, and, and this is – I wouldn't say it's biased because, as everyone knows, I'm a South Carolina fan. Um, I'm glad that this guy is gone and that South Carolina doesn't play against him again. Uh, I think he's not projected as a, as a first-round pick, maybe even a top-two-round pick. Uh, but I got a feeling this guy is going to be one of those guys that really breaks out, uh, you know, as, as a late round draft pick steal for someone. And that is Kentucky running back Benny Snell. Uh, in college, Ooh. he ran, ran for 3,873 yards, uh, 48 touchdowns in college. Now, he, he, he lacks in the receiving game. Uh, he's only got 29 career receptions for 216 uh, receiving yards but almost 4,000 yards in college at the University of Kentucky. Uh, I mean, this kid, uh, he, he was just – he was a bowling ball uh, when, he, when he was running through the tackles. Yes. Uh, he was a – you know, he was, he was a lightning when he, when he got in the open field. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talked about his, his, the different things. You know, they did pieces on, on ESPN networking uh, where he had different mouthpieces. And one, uh, he had a, a mouthpiece with a whistle in it. So when he ran past you, he blew through, and, and he basically heard when, when he ran past you. Um, <laughs> a lot of fan, that's kind of annoying because I didn't like seeing him uh, run through our, our defense for the last three years because South Carolina hasn't beaten Kentucky in five, and when he still was there for those years. Uh, so so uh, rookies to look out for, at least my top two rookies that I think you should look out for, uh, in, in the NFL draft, AJ Brown and Benny Snell, uh, depending on where they go, could have uh, could have some really good rookie years and some contributing numbers in uh, fantasy football next. I like season. those takes. I like those takes for it. I really do. And I have to touch. I have to say this though. You're right about Snell, man. Um, I I didn't. And for everyone that's listening, I don't give college football justice like I used to. So I didn't feel like I was in the right place to mention anyone in this section. But I will say this, whoever drafts Snell is going to draft him for dirt cheap and they are going to have a franchise player. This guy is going to come on the scene like Kareem Hunt. I'm telling you, he's going to come on hard and fast and he's going to be worth it. Speaking of Kareem Hunt, Benny Snell could very well likely fall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Very Uh, well could. Mm -hmm. And that would be a good replacement for him. Who wouldn't Uh, want to play with Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in it? Yeah, who would not <laughs> want to play for the Kansas City Chiefs offense? Um, yep. There's not really a whole lot to go through with podcast picking with fast count. Um, Bully Rye, myself, one podcast pick him. Uh, we didn't get to go as far as we would have liked to again because of this, the, the show hiatus. I went 33 and 15 on the season. Big Tech, she went 27 and 21. So both of us had winning records, mm-hmm. but I had the better one. So, yep. podcast pick'em goes to Bully Rye in 2018. Now, if you all recall our fast count segments, uh, weeks leading up to fantasy football, we would uh, do something similar to what the fantasy football show on ESPN would do, and we would go with 10 takes, and one of us would take an over-under, one of us would take uh, one option, the other one would take the other, whatever the case was, um, and we called it our fast count segment. Big text, you went 16 and 13 in fast count. I went 12 and 17. So, Ooh. although uh, I beat you in podcast pick'em, which meant that I'm better at picking games, you were better <laughs> at picking the scenarios in fantasy football. Um, another hey. thing that I want 
I can't say that it didn't work for me this year because I did pretty well with my teams. There you so, go. That's right. Yeah. Um, we're, we're about to preview our, our the Super Bowl. Uh, but before we do, I want to preview our picks. Um, I, unfortunately, uh, I thought that I had the Rams in the Super Bowl, but I had the Vikings versus the Chargers in the Super Bowl. I thought mm. the Chargers, later in the season, the Chargers were a good pick. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Big Taxi, you said the Jaguars were your biggest bust. You had to win in the AFC. I mentioned that earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, but you correctly picked the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. So, congratulations for that. Uh, and that takes us into our Super Bowl preview. We are a couple days away from the big game. I'm not sure if we'll get talked to because we keep using the phrase Super Bowl. Uh, but nonetheless, um, the big game is this Sunday between the New England Patriots uh, and the Los Angeles Rams. Big Tex, what are you looking forward to with this game? What, 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 are, you, you know, what are your hot takes? What are your, what are your thoughts on the Super, you know, the, the Super Bowl come Sunday? Okay, my words are simple, and they are going to be harsh. And I hope that you're prepared because this might be a bit long-winded. <sighs> three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? The Los Angeles Rams are the luckiest team in the NFL. They have the most power-packed team on both offense and defense, and they literally scraped through the entire season. It, it was it was like a runny egg the entire season. That that's the only thing I could think of because it, it, it just was all over the place. They they didn't know how to use Todd Gurley. There were there were weeks where Todd Gurley didn't even play. Like it was like he was on the field a few plays and they were like, Oh, he's not hurt. We're just trying to save him. Blah blah blah. What? Get out of here. Make that man work. He's shown you that he can work. He's shown you that he doesn't get hurt all the time. He, he I mean, like, give the man the ball. Stop trusting Jared Goff. He is not strong enough to carry your football team. Stop trusting Jared Goff. Trust in your defense. There is only one way that the Rams, and I I feel like I'm crazy for saying this, but if the Rams are able on defense to get to Tom Brady, they are going to win the Super Bowl. They are going to give Todd Gurley the ball and try to run down Bill Belichick's throat and the Patriots' defense. And I see that scenario working out for them. But then I think about I, I think about McVay, and I think about Jared Goff, and I think that there is something in the back of my mind that keeps saying they want Jared Goff to show that he can win the Super Bowl since Carson Wentz didn't get to play in the Super Bowl last year. I, like it, it, they came in together. They, I, I just feel like that this is going to be, they're going to try to make a statement with this kid. And I feel like that if they put the ball in his hands, they are going to lose. So my final pick for the Super Bowl will be the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl. I think they will. I just feel like that Tom Brady looks, I mean, I think he might have one more year left in him. If he stays upright, but he's looking old. Rob Gronkowski looks old. Julian Edelman is old. A lot of their offensive line, I think, is old too. Like, they have a lot of older players playing for them. And I feel like that the Patriots are going to demise and fall apart the same way that the Steelers did. I think that they're just going to fall apart. I, I, like, that's the only thing that I can think of. And I feel like that the 
the Rams, like the Dante Fowler trade, I never would have thought that they would have brought more talent to their defense like that, where it just was such an easy trade. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad glad you brought that up. Um, Like, to win the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, a lot of things that you said, I, I actually have written down here to talk about. Uh, the matchup, everybody's talking about it, is that defensive line for the Rams versus the offensive line for New England. And I wouldn't even call it the defensive line versus the offensive line so much as, you know, I watched that Chiefs game uh, between the Patriots and the Chiefs, and it was like Brady would drop back and the ball was out of his hands in less than two seconds. Yeah. Uh, if those defensive backs can put pressure on those wide receivers long enough to allow Andamakan Sue, Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler to get to Tom Brady, then you're going to see a, a really strong game uh, from the Rams. Um, yep. you know, they got to shut down Julian Edelman. Yeah, I was listening to the radio the other day. Um, I might have been on Colin Coward on Fox Sports Radio. Um, and so forgive me if this stat isn't completely correct and feel free to shout me, shout at me on Twitter at BRBT podcast. Um, I believe the Rams have the most first rounders on their team, uh, in Super Bowl in, to play in the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. I believe they have seven first rounders on that team. And if not three, four are on the team, Dante Fowler and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald. Um, so it's a matter of, of those defensive backs uh, being able to, to, to stunt and then slow up guys like uh, like Julian Edelman. Uh, I, I don't. I think Rock is going to be a factor, but he's not going to be a huge factor. Um, Chris Hogan, uh, that sort of thing. Those, those, those guys. I think yeah. honestly, the matchup to watch, and you kind of touched on it with with the way that you said the Ravens played throughout the season. The matchup to watch is the matchup between two. Former Georgia Bulldog running backs and Todd Gurley versus Tony Michelle. Uh, yep. Tony Michelle, uh, since he got healthy, has been a huge part of the running game. And I mean the running game for New England. I know James, uh, why can't I say his last name? James White uh, mm-hmm. had a lot to do in the passing game of running back. Uh, yes. Um, but I, I think if, if the Rams, first of all, Todd Gurley has helped to play at 100%. Um, and we get to see the true running back matchup between Todd Gurley and Sonny Michelle. Whoever, you know, whichever of them has the bigger impact on the game is going to lead their team to win. Now, we say all that to, you know, to, to say uh, C.J. Anderson, who was cut by like two or three teams this year, has looked really good in the postseason. Mm-hmm. If, if, as long as the Rams can run the ball and get pressure on Tom Brady, they're going to have a chance to win this game. Uh, I am taking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a, like a 31 to 28 type score uh, game. Um, as much, again, I'm a South Carolina homer, so I'd love to see Stefan Gilmore uh, get himself a ring for New England. Um, and in a way, I, I would like to see New England win the Super Bowl only because maybe if they win the Super Bowl, Tom Brady decides to ride off into the sunset. Gronk, I believe, has gone out of New England regardless. I think whether or not they win the lose the Super Bowl, I think Gronk is out of, out of yeah, the NFL. He's out of He's out um, So if there was a chance that Tom Brady was going to win a Super Bowl and ride off into the sunset, I would hope This is the time. 
but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't see it happening. He got beat by a Nick Foles-led Eagles team last year. Um, he lost and had a, a big game. Now, Stephon Gilmore did a good job of covering uh, fellow former game guy Alshon Jeffrey in the mm-hmm. second half of last year when they finally decided to put Gilmore on Jeffrey in the second half. Well, I mean, he was the only one that knew him. Like, why did it take him that so long? Why did well, it take not, him that long? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> even, even, even more so, Alshon Jeffrey played all of last season with a torn rotator cuff, yes. and he was still able to put up a huge game in the Super Bowl, including an early touchdown that kind of set the tone for that game. So, I'm with you. I'm with you. You mentioned the Patriots are old, and again, uh, you know, call me crazy. I've been listening to Colin Coward a little more this week. And he's actually mentioned that the Patriots have a lot of draft picks. I want to say that they have like 12 draft picks. So they can very easily turn over from a very old team in the NFL to a very young team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. They never bring back these big money guys. The only guy that has been – the only two people that have been steady in New England are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now, as, as much as all of us that are not Patriots fans would like to see uh, Tom Brady retire – uh, I don't think Brady would let the Patriots uh, would leave fall the Patriots apart. Without, yeah, with, with, without giving them, uh, you know, the, the backup plan. I think I, yeah, you know, we could get into a whole other conversation about what, um, you know, what he did when Jimmy Garoppolo was in New England in order to get him out because he said he was going to play for however many years. I mean, he's already forty. Like, can you really see a quarterback in this day and age play in the NFL at? You know, forty-five years old. I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. And you mentioned it. He looked old this year. He made uncharacteristic mistakes. I don't know if he just didn't care. Like all he was worried about was making the postseason. But some of those, some of those, those interceptions that he threw in games, and some of those decisions he made, and some of those throws that he made, uh, just yeah. not good. I mean, even in that Chiefs game, like it looked like even though he was getting the ball out in you know less than two seconds. Tom Brady didn't look like he had an arm that could consistently throw the ball down the field the entire game. Uh, it looks like he has to throw short slants because that's all that he can throw now. Right. So I could be wrong, uh, you know, whatever. But nonetheless, no, we both, we both I don't have think the Rams. you're wrong. Yeah, we both got the Rams beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Big Tex, is there anything anything else you'd like to talk about before I hit the audience finish uh yeah i i do um i i think that i am mostly excited this season for the off season um i think that there are going to be some big splashes this summer um i think that there might even be a chance for Le'Veon and ab to hook up in the same place because the chiefs do, the chiefs I mean, not not only the Chiefs do have a running back vacancy, but I mean, there are plenty of teams that have running back and receiver vacancies. Like, um, shoot, there, there's plenty of them. I mean, Miami could use people. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they uh, there there are so many different teams. But I I think that the off season is going to be superb. The trades that are going to be made, the 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 different negotiations that are going to be made. I think that there there's going to be a lot of money out there. For these good players, but I also think that there there's going to be a huge influx of youth because I've noticed that college football is starting to play faster, and mm-hmm. they are starting to get to the point where they're starting to get as fast as the NFL. Because it used to be that when rookies came in, they would sit a season or two before they were unleashed. 
now rookies are coming in and taking starting roles and play a whole season. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. yeah. So, like, look at Saquon Barkley, for example. That man played every single game this season, I think. I don't think that he was out any games. I might be wrong. He might have missed one. But I don't think he did. I think he I played the whole season. Yeah. And he was consistently putting up monster numbers. But it was always, like you said, Barry, Barry, Barry Sanders-esque. Um, I would say that I think that there is going to be, with the quarterback, with, uh, not with the quarterback, sorry, with the coaching changes all around the league, I think the NFL is going to look different next year too. Teams that you expected to be more ground and pound are going to be airing it out more. Um, I think that the the quarterbacks are starting to get to the point now where we're going to start dialing back and there's going to be more talent around the quarterback rather than at the quarterback position. Um, we're going to get back to the point where, you know, you only had three or four quarterbacks that you could depend on in the league. Now you're going to have quarterbacks that are going to de- need to depend on their players around them. Like Tom Brady, for example, he, if they get young and they use those 12 draft picks and you know, the Patriots usually pick well. So if they, if they pick well, you know, Tom Brady could have a super young team around him and could stand in there in the pocket for the next two seasons and groom. I don't know why Deshaun Kaiser in Deshaun Kaiser there. Uh, or, no, I might be wrong. I think he's in green, Bay, which I don't think that's a good idea either. But anyway, now, I, I mean, he's going to groom whoever's next, you know, he's going to take the time because even Drew Bledsoe did that with Tom Brady. But I mean, Drew Bledsoe never thought he was going to be replaced by Tom Brady. Let's be real. But when Tom got the chance, the, the tutelage that he got is what made him good. And I think that there are starting to be less veterans that are out there giving that tutelage. That's why I think that talent is going to kind of win out over the next couple of seasons where it's just going to be youth and youth are going to come in and, and, you know, make big plays and stuff like that. And then it's going to kind of calm itself back down again. So I'm really excited about this offseason, the draft. I'm excited to see who's coming and what they're doing. And, you know, I, I just think it's going to be a real exciting offseason. That's just me. Yeah. I'm glad you did because um, I'm going to touch on that in the finisher. But real quick, I'd like to get your, get your opinion. Uh, and, and it's way too early because we haven't even seen the Super Bowl. If you had to take a playoff team that made the playoffs this season, uh-huh. uh, which, in your opinion, has the biggest chance to miss the postseason next year? A playoff team that made the playoffs this year that has the biggest chance to miss next season. Exactly. So you're thinking the Texans, uh, the the Patriots, the Chiefs. Um, I'm trying to the the Ravens. Um, you've got the Rams, the Saints, the Eagles. I the yeah. I, I think that I think that the team that would be the most likely to miss the playoffs next year would probably be the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, we are on the same wavelength. I would either say the Eagles or the Ravens. I just uh, uh, I don't I don't know, man. I think the Ravens are gonna be all right, man. I, I think I, they're gonna with one with a good offseason with Lamar Jackson and and them moving Joe Flacco. Because you know Flacco's gonna be somewhere next year. Oh that's uh, something we didn't get a chance to talk about today. Uh, we can talk about it on another show. Um, I mean we I'm can really, touch on it now. I don't I, I ain't got nowhere to go. I mean uh, we we we're, we're running out of time here. I think oh, uh, you, yeah. it'll be interesting to see Joe Flacco um, where he winds up next year. Uh, so he, he might be in a Redskin uniform. Exactly. 
you like you said, I think you, you said that you thought that there's some teams that look different next year. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco doesn't look different next year because he's not going to be wearing black and purple and, and whatever other colors you want to you want to yeah. say included in the Ravens uniform. I think I think I got I got one more though. I think that from the NFC, I think from the NFC, it's the Eagles because I think the Cowboys have shown that they're going to be stronger than the Eagles from now on. I don't know why. I, I don't really trust Dak Prescott a lot, but I trust in the Cowboys' defense. That offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott and and uh, Mari Cooper and uh, uh, oh god, uh, Michael Gallup is going to be a monster next year too. So be careful, and they got a slew of good tight ends too. But um, on the AFC side, I I think man, uh, I think it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts, man. I, I think that I don't think they're going to make it back to the playoffs again. I, I can see that. They, I they, don't I, see the new. I think they had a lucky season, to be honest. I, yes. I, I, it's it's kind of like the year after uh, Peyton Manning um, left and Andrew Luck came in and kind of that new coaching staff kind of shot Bruce Arians as offensive coordinator and mm-hmm. made next year. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The Colts, uh, I don't want to call them a fluke, but um, – I mean, again, they're going to need some wide receiver help. T.Y. Hilton can't do it all. Yep. Um, they got some good running backs, though. Eric, they got a good Eric, stable running backs. I see. I, you say that. I'm. I'm not sold on the running backs. I don't. I think it wouldn't hurt them to add uh, a big name and running back. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> that brings us to our our final our final segment. Uh, we like to call the finisher, where we just kind of wrap up everything, whatever we say, uh, whatever is. Is that's on one of our minds? Uh, I, I'm basically just going to take the opportunity to uh, express gratitude for everyone who has been listening, um, and just kind of kind of preview some podcasts that Big Tex and Bully Rod are going to be recording in the in the near future. Uh, it's two days before the Super Bowl, uh, so most of, of our listeners who are also wrestling fans know that WrestleMania is right around the corner. We just had the Royal Rumble. Uh, there's a chance that Big Tex and Bully Rod can review the Royal Rumble. Our do other wrestling uh, themed podcasts. Um, Big Tech, you talked about how excited you were for the NFL offseason. Uh, I think it would be a great opportunity for us to hit on some of that. Not to mention uh, the AAF, the new football league run by uh, a bunch of slew of former NFL players leading uh, mm. this spring. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, I know. Uh, Wait, former- hold on. It, uh, isn't the XFL supposed to start back soon, too? Next year. Yeah, one yep. more year. Okay. Sorry, didn't um, mean to cut you off. Go ahead, buddy. The AAF, uh, the, only, the only, you know, things that I know about the AAF, and that's, this is for all my Gamecocks out there, uh, Steve Spurrier, former coach, is coaching the Orlando AAF team, and we'll have two former Gamecocks on his team, Elliot Fry, offensive lineman Marvel Patrick, and I believe Devin Taylor, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on another on, on the other one. Busta Anderson, a former tight end, are both on AAF rosters. Uh, so again, it's more football. You, yeah. you know, for us, our, us football fans, we can't get enough of it. And who knows? Maybe someone will put out an AAF fantasy football league that we can discuss on the show. Uh, not only is WrestleMania right around the corner, um, I know we don't talk <coughs> that, and we don't talk much about about basketball. Or uh, or any you know whether it be NCAA or college, March Madness is right around the corner. It's one of my favorite times of year. 
Um, I always, you know, love doing my bracketology and stuff like that. Big Tex and Bully Rob do a show on, on some March Madness, maybe getting the baseball talk. But more than anything, we've been on, on hiatus for a while. The NFL season is it will be over in a couple of days. What do you, our listeners, want to hear us talk about? Please follow us, reach out to us on Twitter at BRBT Podcast. Send us emails at BRBT Podcast at gmail.com. I'm oh, yeah. Also Ryan, I'm also Ryan Frick SC on Twitter. Uh, so if, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, anything that you would like to know about, um, you know, we're always open uh, to some new ideas. Uh, we, we really want to get this podcast back on the ground um, and, and back rolling like we were. We were rolling strong there for a while. We want to get back into that habit. So, yep. uh, again, uh, some, some exciting stuff coming up. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. For Big Tex, I'm Bully Rye. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. <laughs>